Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B podcast. I'm Alex from Xgrowth. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures, or as we like to call them, hard-learned lessons. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share the pod with a friend you think could get value out of it. And of course, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. That's enough from me though. Let's dive right in. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth. And today I'm talking to Raj Pillay, Citrix marketing lead at Dikadata, about how Raj and her team are rolling out ABM campaigns at Dikadata, both internally and for their partners, the success they're seeing with these initiatives and some of the more granular details of the campaigns. On that note, let's dive in. Rosh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Shaheen. I am honored to be here and thank you so much for having me. No, absolute pleasure. I'm super excited. I mean, you know, we're geeks about about ABM here. So um, I'm really looking forward to for look, looking forward to our chat about it. So let's 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 dive in. You know, you recently you've been doing some ABM campaigns and running running ABM. Give us give us an overview of, of what these ABM campaigns look like? Okay, sure. So these ABM campaigns, so the account-based marketing campaigns have really been two-pronged. So we've been running them through our partners from Data and Citrix. And so what we actually do is we work directly with our partners and we work closely with them in developing the messaging and, you know, work with yourselves, yourselves obviously at Xgrowth to do that. And we develop these, the messaging and the outreach activities to enable them to explore and qualify these opportunities. So we actually have the partner's logo on all the outreach information and their unique value proposition and the key messaging. So we really have them facing the customer. The other way is, you know, as a sole distributor for Citrix, Dika is also tasked with building pipe for our vendor. In fact, that's one of our key objectives, as you know. So on the one hand, you know, we're tasked with doing this. And on the other, we actually are tasked from our partners. Our partners are constantly asking us for good, qualified leads. And so with ABM, it actually allows us to manage both of this, where on the one hand, we're building pipe and keeping the vendor happy, which is Citrix. And then, you know, we're also fulfilling these for our partners. And so we're satisfying our partners, providing them with good quality leads. So it really ends up being a great collaborative effort for all of us. And it, um, you know, it becomes a win-win situation. I love it. I love it. And, you know, uh, just like you said, I, I know that you and the team run a lot of different marketing and sales initiatives. What kind of you know, why the shift to ABM? Why, why did that happen? So we have definitely been doing a fair amount of traditional and not so traditional marketing, but I've always been a fan of ABM because I've actually worked with that in the past. So for me, it's, you know, had proven results and it's now definitely part of our go-to-market strategy because one of our key objectives is really around demand generation and a big focus on ROI. So as much as ABM is more of a relationship sell, the reality is the ROI that comes with ABM is a lot more tangible. And especially with the pandemic last year, we found that, you know, the cold calling campaigns that we were doing was, yeah, they were at an all-time high, but they weren't as effective. And even though we had segmented and targeted the sectors that we were going after and that we wanted to focus on, realistically, ABM actually gave us a better ROI overall. 
Got it. So I mean, the, it sounds like the ROI was the key component there. Let's let's talk about that. Like, what what you know, what were some of the results? And in, in I know again, there's some ongoing stuff that are happening. There was some stuff that they were finalized. What, what were some of the results you you were seeing from from the campaigns, the ABM campaigns? So yes, I'd I'd love to share that with you. And uh, one of our partners that we've worked really closely with conducted this last ABM campaign that we just did. So we spent around twenty eight thousand dollars, and the return on investment that we have to date is around one point four million and ongoing. And as you said, the reality is, you know, that's a key metric for us. So that's one of the key reasons for us to go and further investigate how we can deepen our strategy with ABM. Got it. I mean, that, that sounds aw- like awesome results, right? That's, uh, that's, and, and that's, and that's also hard to kind of come by in, in especially that, that high ticket complex sales environment where, uh, where you would have maybe these the traditional marketing and advertising campaigns that, that it's really hard to get that kind of ROI from. Tell us, tell us a little bit about some of the recent ones. What do we, what, what's, what's in store with some of the recent, recent campaigns? So you're right. I mean, when I said to you initially that the campaigns are two pronged, I think I mentioned that you know we work with our partners directly and we sell through to the end user or the customer. So we do we do uh, ABM campaigns with that, and we also actually work with the account execs at Citrix. So as a sole distributor for Citrix, Dikadata, you know, has that unique capability. And so what we do is we work directly with the account execs, where we're focused on a set of targeted accounts that we really want to extend our reach within. And for this next campaign, we're going to focus on security because, as you know, most of us are in lockdown or in and out of lockdown and New South Wales is actually back on lockdown. So, you know, security is a huge concern today for most organizations because a lot of the employees are working remotely. You know, they they have lots of different things on their computers and it's a, a computer. So, so rightly so, organizations have that need to have their their employees be more secure. And so we've worked closely with Xgrowth, who's helped us to develop some key messaging to address these concerns, targeting these key personas within these accounts. And so the focus is really going to be around security and, uh, you know, how Citrix can actually help you with that. I love it. And, you know, you talked about messaging quite a lot, and that's a, that's such an important component. I feel like there, there are certain very important pieces when running an ABM campaign. And the messaging piece is is quite critical because it's not as, you know, this is all, this is our message to the whole market. It's, you know, it, it's a lot more granular. It's could be at a persona specific focus, or it could be, you know, down to, down to the account. And I love uh, that you brought that out. So, so tell us a little bit, let's, let's dig in and talk a little bit about the themes that we're looking at. So that's a that's a good way of a good introduction, really, because the theme is a little bit different to what we normally would do. And I think considering this current situation that we're all in, we've gone for a Zen security theme. And what that relates to in some ways, or in a lot of ways, really, is around mindfulness. So one of the key things that we've done that is because, you know, one of the captions is so you as an organization can rest easy because Citrix is going to help you to manage your security better. And at the end of the day, we want to focus on mindfulness where, you know, a lot of organizations are probably having a lot closer to what they never they ever used to be. And so mindfulness has become a big part of most organizations these days. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think it's, it's the, in the, in the age of zoom fatigue and back-to-back video calls and, especially from security perspective, like you hear these, you know, the news popping up every day of this company got compromised and that company got compromised and that database was breached and so on and so forth. It's like, it feels quite intense when it comes to the security team. But I also know that, uh, that the whole concept of mindfulness and, uh, and, and meditative work and all that, that's, that's pretty close to heart for you as well. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it is. And I have a big smile on my face, if you can hear it through my voice. So so mindfulness has definitely close to my heart. It's been something that has been a passion of mine for as long as I can remember. And, you know, my mission in life has always really been to help people be the best versions of themselves. And as you know, I am a yoga and meditation coach, and I've been practicing for quite some time now. In fact, I first went to India in 96, which is, uh, which is a huge game changer for me. But I actually started practicing yoga in 98 when I lived in the UK. And when I came back home, I, um, in 2003, I got pneumonia. So I had to do something less active, if you like. In saying that, yoga is actually very active, but it's different. And, and to me, yoga is really a way of your life because it really is the union of your body, your soul, and your mind. But, you know, one of the key things that I'm grateful for is India has actually probably shared yoga with the rest of the world. And as a teacher, when you are teaching yoga, seeing uh, the transformation within the people that you're teaching your students is just truly amazing. And it's a whole other dimension. So, you know, as we mentioned, mindfulness is, is definitely something close to my heart. But I feel so privileged and grateful to work at Dicker because mindfulness is is part of the DNA at Dicker. You know, they've had yoga classes for quite some time. We do a, a meditation session that I run for them every week on a Tuesday. And, and I've noticed these days too that a lot of corporates do have a, a plan around wellness, which, which is great. But I think a lot of corporates also are mindful of the fact that, you know, they need to make a profit because the reality is you can't just spend this time on your employees. You want to know what you're getting back from it. And I and I totally agree because the reality is, you know, that's why businesses exist these days. But to me, I think the reality is investing in your individuals and teams, arming them with mindfulness structures and tools actually enable them to be more agile and resilient. And that in turn will benefit your organizations as teams and individuals more so will be so much more happier and productive. And I wanted to share with the listeners, you know, there's a great study that they did at Harvard, Massachusetts General Hospital, where they showed that only in eight weeks after mindfulness, there was a huge change in the hippocampus and the amygdala, which is really both parts of the limbic system of the brain. So the hippocampus is closely aligned to the memory function or formation. And so what they found is after eight weeks of mindfulness, an increase of the gray matter density of the hippocampus was observed, which indicates that you had an improved learning and memory. And so you had better focus and clarity. And simultaneously, there was a decrease in gray matter density, which is the of the amygdala. And so that basically means that you have a decrease of stress and an increase of compassion, introspection, and self-awareness. So mindfulness is not really, you know, just about meditating and and it, it, it's a it's a mind body situation. It, you you're actually through your breath. You're actually looking after your mind and your body. And 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 you know mindfulness shouldn't 
necessarily be something you may you do in your spare time. It should be something that you do as part of your daily routine. I I love this tangent. I mean, I, I would imagine like people listening, they're like, hey, well, hold on, what were we talking about IBM or what's what's going on? And but I I you know, first of all, this became clear when we were working on the and the theme, right? Like yeah. we came back and we were like talking about, hey, we really want to focus on Zen. And then yeah. you were like, oh, this is so cool. I, I can contribute so much to this. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then it became even a bigger discussion. And I love we went on this tangent because I think, you know, even even as marketers, man, we're under stress. It's it's like totally. it's stressful to pump out those MQLs and uh, and and generate those uh, those that that pipeline and answer uh, decision makers who want everything yesterday. And so I, I, I'm glad I'm glad that you brought it up. Now, while we're on this topic, right? Yeah. I also know that you're 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 you like you run your own kind of sessions and you do that both for kind of marketers and non-marketers what do you do you do kind of like classes and, and and sessions on on this topic yeah so i i teach yoga and meditation but i also i do that voluntarily but i also uh teach with an organization called telex which stands for transformational leadership for excellence and i volunteer to them so i teach pro bono and so they really probably emphasize a lot of what I've just mentioned earlier on, where they show you the scientific benefits of mindfulness. And they go primarily to corporates and and teach employees and their teams, you know, mindfulness techniques, as well as mind-friendly structures. And you can learn the sky technique, which is one of the key things that the Mind Matters course for agility and resilience actually teaches. So I am, funny enough, you asked, teaching a course with a senior trainer from Europe because the head office is based in Switzerland. And uh, it's all online. It's just a couple of hours in the evenings from the 23rd to the 26th of August. And we usually try and have courses every month. And so, yeah, so, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn and just ping me if you like and ask for more information. And I can share it with you guys and share it with the listeners. I feel like anyone who's interested, there's a wide range of stuff. Uh, anyone who's interested in ABM and, and marketing and partner marketing <laughs> and meditation and or general interest. And in, so we'll, we'll definitely include your uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes so that people can find it as well. And uh, and I'll reach out and get a link from uh, the the the. the Telix and the course that you talked about as well and include that in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, again, on any of those topics, whether it's ABM uh, or or something else, could uh, could definitely make reach out and make that happen. Absolutely. I'm happy to talk about ABM and all the value that it's brought to us so far. So yeah, totally. No, oh, that's awesome. All right. I got some rapid fire questions for you before we wrap up. Um, sure. Rosh. Let's let's first talk about kind of a resource that you've you've come across. It could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk, whatever it is that that really has changed your fundamentally has changed your view to whether work or or life. So you know, Shaheen, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I have to say that there's probably no one book or podcast or blog that's probably changed my life or the work, the way I work and live. I think it's a range of all of that. I think it's also more so the people that I've met during my journey and continue to do so. You know, I'm grateful for my parents, my family, my friends, my work to you guys, to meeting you guys and, you know, working with X-Growth and the team and volunteering, like volunteering has helped me to grow and teach and has taught me so much really. 
And and I think, you know, you never stop learning. Like I have three nieces and a nephew all under the age of six who I love dearly and they teach me so much. So constantly learning, just constantly learning. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely mutual as well. And and thank you very much for that, for that awesome note. But let me get, let me go to question number two. All right. So if if you could give one advice, one piece of advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? I would have to say to listen. So listen to all your key stakeholders, but most of all, listen to yourself. And I think sometimes what tends to happen, I do it myself, you you don't listen to yourself and know that you within yourself actually probably know better than anybody else to an extent. I'm not saying be arrogant about it, but I'm just saying, listen to yourself. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. There's never such a thing as a dumb question. Try not to be as reactive. I know that's you know much easier said than done. But take it all in and digest it and respond because you'll find that you'll then become a lot more self-aware and you'll understand that going within actually allows you to make much more insightful and better decisions. That's an awesome answer. What are some of the influencers in the in the kind of marketing and sale in the B2B space that you follow? Honestly, I'm probably not your regular person here. I follow more of a spiritual path as to me, this is what really grounds me and helps me. And, you know, it helps me to give me purpose. And to me, knowing who you are, what your purpose is and why you're here is really the greatest gift to mankind. Got it. Love it. Okay. Last question. Last question is what's something that excites you about B2B today? So there's a lot that excites me about B2B today, especially when you look at life. I think we all are where we need to be and the universe is actually a great provider. So technology is a key enabler. I've been in it for a number of years and I used to always wonder why I'm here, but I, I finally know why I'm here. It's pretty much in every single facet of our lives, but humanity is really the key. And without people and human interaction, technology will not work as well as it does. If I can share one thing with everyone today, that is value the people in your teams and your organizations and know that they are actually your biggest asset. A company is just bricks and mortar. It's the people and relationships that make the culture. And as Peter Drucker says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So focus on your people and their well-being as this is what will surely lead you to organizational success and the profits will definitely follow. I love it. That was that was a solid point. That I think I don't think we can beat that and uh, and end the podcast on a, on a higher note. I I really appreciate it, Raj. I think you've you've you shared a lot of really interesting points. Whether it was about ABM spirituality meditation, I think we we covered a wide range of topics, which I love, and it's always good to good, good to mix it up. So I I, I really appreciate it, and thanks thanks again for uh, for coming on the podcast. Well, you're very kind, Shaheen. Thank you so much for your beautiful comments and you're very welcome. And as I mentioned, I've learned a lot from working with you and the team and I so look forward to what the future holds for all of us together. Absolutely. Same over here. Thanks a lot, Raj. Chat Thank soon. you so much for the opportunity. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing the pod with a friend. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks again for all the support. We're looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.